0: Hi everyone, Zach here. One thing I just want to bring up, Knights of Vader mugs. We do have our minimum of people signed up. We are going to go ahead and do that. But just in case some people didn't get that message or are still on the fence, if you're interested in a Knights of Vader mug, check out any of Knights of Vader's other forms of social media if you want to see what the mug is. I know there are many of you out there, you probably don't want a mug. But in case you do, check out our Facebook group, our Knights of Vader Instagram account. KOV Podcast. I'll link to it in the show notes if you're interested. And heck, if you don't have any social media but you have an email account, email us at kovpodcast at gmail.com and I will send you the image in the 3D rendering. But if you are interested, please let us know. The deadline for placing orders is January 20th, 2019. Then when we get closer to the January 20th deadline, we'll talk about how we'll be collecting the money. Keep in mind these mugs are $30 US a piece. And on with the show.
1: One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Nights of Vader, nights of Vader. Includes, but it's not led to talk of Star Wars, not Reagan's. We can't truly prepare you for the joke that follows this song, but hey, we gave it a try. So here's. The Knights of Vader Crystal Box reports they are divided for equal sequel hidden, but they fight. I know that we are just musicians hired, and their
0: time is up, so here's the Knights of Vader. Impressive, most impressive. A big thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is December 28th, 2018, and we're talking. Thumb Wars. My name is Zach Weber, and tonight I am joined by, insert Amelia Clark joke here, Rob.
1: Hello, hello, and once again, uh, I don't know how Zach swung it for the holiday special. I think he might have lied to Force Ghost Jim, but knowing I'm here, the other Knights of Vader have left the building. Good old running jokes.
0: (laughs) So on this week's episode, we are talking about Thumb Wars. Lord knows, we're recording this in 2018. To all those of you in 2019, please share tonight's winning lotto numbers. I think I would definitely appreciate it, along with anybody else I can share it to in 2018.
1: Send it to me, because I'm more in the past than Zach is.
0: Yes, technically he's two hours even further in the past than I am. If you're hearing this, Lord knows when, because I know come January we're probably due for an Episode 9 title. This might get released when it's supposed to, it might not, but... If we're releasing this, by any chance that this is a Thursday and the episode 9 title drops like two hours after this goes out, we're sorry in advance for not being up to date and on top of things. Speaking of not being on top of things, we're talking about a fan (laughs) film from almost 20 years ago. Another anniversary.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, speaking of not being on top of things or up to date.
0: (laughs) Yes, we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of Thumb Wars. For those of you who are asking, thumb wars—is that that thing you do on the playground when you're like, like playing with other six-year-olds and you like lock your fists together? One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb war. Well, you'd be at least fifty percent correct. <laughs> <laughs> this does involve thumb, but it does not involve tangible wars. We are talking about thumb wars. The Phantom Cubicle, a 1999 short film directed by Steve O'Dakirk, who probably most of our audience knows from his. Oh. From the Jimmy Neutron cartoon series, he's also directed a bunch of things. He's actually really closely tied to Jim Carrey. He was like a writer-producer on Bruce Almighty. He directed Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Hasn't done much in recent years. And is Rob knows him most for as the director and star of
1: Kung Pao Enter the Fist,
0: which we will be talking about on cinemodities is part of our steve O'Derkirk series oh yeah
1: look forward to that
0: yes by the time you're hearing this probably we've been finished with that probably for a couple weeks <laughs> barring any sort of star wars news that comes out of the new year
1: they're gonna uh, drop a movie on us just a, a oh. movie's gonna come out of nowhere you know like they musicians of some musicians they do the surprise album and they, some of them blow up they're gonna do a surprise episode nine what do you think Oh, my God. Can you
0: imagine what the Star Wars fan base would do? Like, if we got, like, a... I think there'd a be a riot. Level.
1: there would be a riot. There would oh be, like, God. Black Friday-level looting and riots. <laughs> it'd, be like, it'd be like the
0: L.A. riots all over again. Except, <laughs> except there's a bunch of people like burning mattresses in the middle of the streets, pulling people out of cars for no reason.
1: And my guess my what? Guys, it's, at, it's, literally at literally the same time, they're going to release Avengers Endgame as a surprise movie. They're just going to... The world will implode. What <laughs> would happen? Okay
0: topic what would happen if somebody let's say there's some deranged special effects technician that mm. somehow got like a i don't know like three quarters maybe like i don't know 80 percent done copy of avengers end game and like upload it to youtube for like 15 minutes and it, it gets out there let's just say it gets out there
1: that yeah it. what would happen people would still go see it I, but I think I think that, you know, a lot of people would – honestly, I think it would make the response more negative. You know, I, I feel that the public thinks that Marvel can do no wrong. I, I feel that no matter what Marvel throws at these people these days, they're just going to eat it up. Like, they could do the Savage Land with the dinosaurs, and people would be like, yeah, Jurassic Park, I remember that, you know. And so – but I think if this leaked early – people would be more like, I hate it. Like, it's terrible. Like, I feel like that's just been a track record I've noticed for movies that kind of, you know, do get those unfinished leaks. Uh, the Wolverine Origins movie comes to mind, you know? So, um, I am i don't know. Is that uh, make sense? That answer?
0: Yeah, no, no. I, I, I think there's going to be a back... Like, the only thing I know a lot of people are prognosticating is with Avengers Endgame. It's like, oh, this might be when we finally start to get a little bit of the diminished returns from marvel because there are going to be oh. people out there that aren't going to like it. people are people are surmising what's going to happen in Endgame game mm-hmm. that i don't think it's going to be what they expect it to be and there is going to be this thing of like like uh, would be the correct way uh bittersweet yeah yeah and i think there is it's gonna make a ton of money but i think after that it's gonna be like oh i think about it. after we get avengers Endgame, game we're gonna get spider-man far from home which is just gonna be another lynch rep Rinse, lather, repeat of mm-hmm. of the, the Spider-Man formula. Then we're getting a Black Widow movie. Oh, boy! Think about that. <laughs> After 10-plus years of the Marvel like crescendo of Endgame, we're getting a standalone movie of a character that was introduced 10 years <laughs> earlier. Nothing says paying <laughs> off years of excitement like that.
1: I want my giggle back. <laughs> yes, getting back to the,
0: uh, the topic <laughs> at hand... <laughs> that's a reference to you, uh, to those of you who actually have seen what we're talking about. Uh, thumb Wars is a parody movie produced before the prequels were out in the theaters, actually before mm-hmm. the Phantom Menace was even out in theaters it is the first film in the Steve Odekirk thumb series. Rob, you're one with clearly more of an interest in a history in this. Please tell our audience about Thumb Wars, The Phantom Cuticle.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the first thing I want to say is uh, if you are dying to know more about my personal history with the Thumb <laughs> movies and what I think about the other five that exist, you can head over to the Cinematities podcast uh, where, you know, Zach kind of uh, takes some sleeping pills and, and falls asleep and I rant about the other five. Um, but yes, Thumb Wars originally we were going to talk about this just like any other thumb movie but then zach watched it and i think actually liked it something that is not uh common with the other thumb movies i should say and he said can we do this as a knights of vader episode and i said of course why not it's star wars related my notes have star wars questions for zach about it so let's do it and we'll start with if you haven't seen it what is a thumb movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I think yeah. That, is the, that is the question that comes up most when you say, you know, in passing conversation, oh, yeah, the thumb movies, anything like that. Um, this is, of course, a parody of Star Wars. I would say kind of a parody of a combination of, epis- of um, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, like a little bit of both are in there. Um, but all of the characters are thumbs, or other body parts, like one character is a foot and all the toes have faces. Uh, What is it, Gobba the Butt? Is uh, just someone's head upside down, so it's their chin, but upside down. Um, And all of these body parts have faces CGI'd on them, um, kind of separately, like they, they animate the eyes separately, so they get a lot of different movement with the eyes, like moving in ways that normal eyes wouldn't. And the mouths are usually crooked or contorted in some way with incredibly bad teeth to give a very unnerving feeling to what you're watching. But as is stated in the intro to this film, Thumb Wars, while you might find the thumbs horrifying and freakish and scary to look at at first, you eventually warm up to them and you need to cast them in movies. Is that a good description, Zach?
0: Oh, it's as good as one I could ever hope for.
1: (laughs) Yes. I guess we should also say, watch out for updated Thumb movies coming from Zach and I in the new year. Yes. <laughs>
0: and by the time you're hearing this, two weeks ago. And barring episode nine announcement, three weeks ago. Uh, uh, but no, so like, yes, I, uh, spoiler alert for the Thumb series on Cinematis. Wasn't too thrilled with it. When Rob originally pitched us doing that series, he's like, oh, we're going to do 15 episodes on this. <laughs> and, I, and for every week I was loading a bullet into the chamber of the revolver I was going to use to kill myself with. And, and so as I was preparing for our cinematic discussion, I was watching thumb wars. I haven't really given it much thought. And as I was watching it, I'm like, wow, this is a really solid star Wars parody. And as I was thinking about that, like, I, I know we've, again, Zenger and I have flirted with this before. It's that you're not allowed to laugh at star Wars anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think almost every layer of the fandom That's maybe, oddly enough, one thing that all layers of the fandom actually agree upon, ironically, (laughs) is that they all agree you're not allowed to laugh at Star Wars anymore. Okay. But Lucasfilm Disney says, tells Wreck-It Ralph, director, you can't have Kylo Ren because we don't want you laughing (sighs) at our villain. That's right. You you have the uh, Star Wars podcasting cartel that says you can't laugh at Star Wars because it's uh, politically incorrect. You have the man-babies on YouTube who say you can't laugh at Star Wars because this is sacred – you can't laugh at anything from the original trilogy. You can laugh at The Last Jedi because it's the worst movie ever made. <laughs> but you cannot laugh at anything from the original trilogy, except for Return of the Jedi because that's also an awful movie. But you can definitely not laugh at anything from New Hope or Empire. And I think that's a weird thing in the Star Wars fan base where you're just not allowed to uh, laugh at Star Wars anymore. I think that's a weird sort of, like, yeah, but this Venn diagram it like, all the things that people agree upon. And there's, like, practically no overlap except for laughing at Star Wars because as zenger knows how we we will we'll get to it eventually it's like robot chicken family mm-hmm. guy uh i think even on the blu-ray release there's an entire like i think like god like hour and a half like featurette like devoted to like the parodies of star wars oh whether it, wow oh yeah it's really cool like whether it be like there's like snl gags there's troops which is the parody of cops with the stand troopers on <laughs> on um tatooine it's it's weird that we don't Get parodies anymore of Star Wars Like that's just a strange thing Like yes YouTube exists I imagine there's Star Wars yeah, parodies on yeah. YouTube But like in a, in a Officially un- What Officially unsanctioned sense Because obviously Anybody can do a parody of Star Wars Under copyright law mm-hmm. um, LucasFam can't shut people down But it's the whole idea of If you use one piece of music Incorrectly or have one note Out of place Guess what? That that cease and desist letter is just going to be knocking on your door instantaneously, and that's why I figure we're talking about thumb Wars. This is 2019. This is the year I th- we've been building up now for how many months? Uh, where it's just going to be the glut of Star Wars content,
1: mm-hmm. and get
0: oddly enough, have all the the VR experience, the theme parks, the animated shows, the live action TV series, the movie, uh, Lord knows what else they're going to throw at us. Video games. One thing that we're not getting in this this
1: glut is a parody. Yeah, I, yeah, I th- you're you're so right. I never really thought about it that way, but you know, you kind of you brought all those threads together of I think things you've mentioned in in many previous episodes of of Knights of Vader. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's almost you know offensive to laugh at Star Wars, and and that's a, a really interesting concept. You also said at the start of there uh, that you think this is a a solid parody of Star Wars, which I'm glad to hear. I agree with you. Um, would you by any chance know maybe your favorite parody of Star Wars or do you have any ranking for them? Because I think it's it's safe to say that this is my favorite parody of Star Wars. <laughs> While, yes, I love Spaceballs, don't get me wrong, that's a masterpiece. I love Mel Brooks, of course. I, I don't care too much for the Robot Chicken or the Family Guys. This is definitely a great parody and my favorite. But do you have any ranking like that?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say it's anything. Anybody who's listened to this podcast, I think, is going to know what I'm about to say.
1: Oh, But okay.
0: I think. Uh, Considering
1: I'm a person who listens to this podcast and I don't know what you're about to say.
0: <laughs> if, Z- if Zenger were here, somewhere if Zenger's listening to this, he's screaming.
1: I'm an uh, intermediate the, listener. This is for the advanced listeners.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically, poor Knight is somewhere screaming into this into this uh, headset right now. No, it's uh, the Emperor. The Seth MacFarlane Emperor is is my favorite. And not, oh, I mean,
1: okay. I
0: don't mean parody as in like a, a Spaceballs or a Futurama or a
1: Simpsons. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't mean like that. I mean like I, I think the Emperor, the Seth MacFarlane Emperor, is a is a oh god a better realization of the Emperor probably. Oh, God, almost better than the movies because it's just it, it's more entertaining to think of the Emperor as like this bumbling, incompetent person yet somehow is, awa- is aware of how, I don't want to say how incompetent he is, but just the, the, the surroundings he lives in. Mm-hmm. When I say okay. solid, I do not mean that as a knock against this. I mean that as like, any sort of parody or any type of humor, it's beauties in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. It's, it's, I'd say there's bad parodies. Like there's, there's some parodies out there that are just kind of dumb. I know on that Blu-ray uh, feature, there's some ones on there. It's like, oh, like, not really funny. It's just like, oh, this is humor? I guess as long as one person <laughs> finds it funny, I guess it qualifies as that.
1: Yeah, what did we? What, we, what have we been saying before? It's like it, they just put it, the joke in there because it made the people who wrote it laugh while they wrote it.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If it, if it makes the writer's room laugh, it, it gets the pass. Yes, yeah,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, but no, so uh, getting on to Thumb Wars... The the thumb wars from from what I can tell it's it's I would imagine most people know what this is if you're a Star Wars fan it's always out in the ether it's on okay. YouTube I think we should mention that if anybody's interested in this it's on YouTube in a glorious 480p <laughs> so it's accessible this is not something that's behind a paywall or it's something that's obscure hidden it's not the holiday special unfortunately mm-hmm. Rob Star Wars thumb holiday special oh.
1: Ha- <sighs> Next year. We'll get on it. After after we finish recording this episode, we'll start. We'll get the script going.
0: Good, good. Thumb Gourmanda.
1: <laughs> oh man. There's Thumb so Diane many Carol. There's so many, so many things. So many things to do with that.
0: <laughs> Thumb B Arthur.
1: Yeah. I mean I'm just thinking about thumbs growling like the Wookiees do at the beginning <laughs> for so long. Like what noise the thumbs would make. Oh man. This is gonna be great
0: million dollar idea uh, a Thumb Bruce Valanche
1: oh right,
0: already, oh, right that already exists <laughs> okay but um, no getting to the uh, Thumb Wars as we've said probably six or seven times at this point may I read the opening crawl of Thumb Wars oh,
1: absolutely I did not write it down so I would be honored if you could read the opening crawl because it sets the stage for I think a lot of the things I want to talk about so go for it
0: okay uh, this is your equivalent of a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> yes. If there were thumbs in space and they got mad at each other, there would
1: be. Ins- we're inserting voice. the clip because the, the voiceover is so good. When he do- If there were thumbs in space and they got mad at each other, there would be. If there were thumbs in space and they got mad at each other, there would be. And then, oh, it's perfect. It's pristine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. And here's our crawl. It is a time of great unrest in the universe. Using the nail side of the power of the Thumb, the evil Thumpire has taken a stronghold in the Sakul region of the Egroge sector. The Thumbbellion resistance fighters have retreated to a hidden base. The Thumbire is constructing a big dangerous weapon thing with enough firepower to blow stuff up. If the Thumbbellion can destroy the big dangerous weapon thing, they will live and the good side of the Thumb will reign. If they don't, there can be no sequels. No sequels means no merchandising, no fan clubs, no freaking guys at conventions that have way too much free time and no clear desire to date girls. Victory is imperative. Beautiful. <laughs> During this whole sequence, we see the uh, the thumb v 4 crash into the opening crawl.
1: So I, I've said it on Cinematities to a great extent, but these thumb movies have shaped my personality and my sense of humor as a person. And I think Thumb Wars was the first one I ever saw way back in the day, and I was familiar with Star Wars at that point. And when I saw the ship that Zack just described, I don't know the name of it, but it's in the shape of a finger for this movie, or a thumb, it, it, you hear a voice go, watch out for those words! And then you see the ship crash into the bottom of the title crawl. I, has any parody of Star Wars ever done that before, Zach? At that you know of
0: him.
1: I, I don't know for certain. But I
0: have to feel... I, I don't know. I, I would be hard-pressed, especially, again, the age of YouTube. Someone must have, have gotten at that. But I don't want to say for certain. But from what I can remember, no. I think that is more of okay. or an original concept. If somebody has, it's probably been taking it from
1: this. I love that joke. <laughs> if I did not make that clear, them hitting the words is beautiful. It's a nifty little gag. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Nifty, beautiful. I guess <laughs> that's Zach so, and I. <laughs> yeah. So
0: like the I use different words than he does.
1: So I want to comment on. Um, I think it's it's given to us right in that title crawl, and it kind of just permeates the rest of this movie that this is a parody that takes Star Wars and simplifies it, and you know, it's it, it's like a, like Zach said, there's a big evil weapon thing with the power to blow stuff up like that's all they need there's a there's a scene you know princess bunhead talking to what uh lord helmet man or whatever he is and he's and she's like good is good bad is bad good will win bad will lose good good bad bad and it's just like i i love that this entire parody is just like this is how simple star wars is There's nothing really special to it. It's just simplistic things with new fancy names. And I've always loved that kind of twist on, you know what, when I was a kid watching this, I had come to love about Star Wars.
0: Black Helmet Man. Well, what have we here? Princess Bombhead of the Thundallian Resistance. Isn't his voice amazing?
1: You'll never get away with this, Black Helmet Man. You are bad. You are bad and we are good. Your badness will be the end of you, and our goodness will be our triumph. Bad is bad, good is good. Bad, bad, good, bad, good, good, bad, good, bad, good.
0: The power is strong in you, as is your silly gibberish. Oh, definitely, because that's the one thing I liked about this. Was again, Rob, Rob knows and has his opinions about why I think about the other Thumb Films. It's the whole idea of. You, they're they're boiling it down to its essence about like what Star Wars is and how just yes. lowest common denominator some of the story elements are. You do have things, again, like you said, like you have like the names of the characters, for example, which I think is one of my favorite parts of this. Darth Vader is Black Helmet Man. Mm-hmm. Princess Leia is Princess Bunhead.
1: Oh yeah, um, and her hair is like three actual little cinnamon, cinnamon buns. buns. Like frost, <laughs> frosted cinnamon buns. <laughs> On a thump. On a thumb, yes, yes. These are thumb. miniature cinnamon buns on a thumb creating hair.
0: <laughs> yes, you have a uh, low ground runner.
1: Oh, that's beautiful.
0: We have hand duet. We have crunchy. I'm gonna let everybody figure out who crunchy is because we'll get to him in a moment. <laughs> and probably the greatest character or the greatest parody name ever for a Star Wars character is Ooby Doob Scooby Dooby Banooby.
1: Yes. Oh, uh, I, I mentioned it on Cinemodities. some of these lines from these thumb movies has stuck with me for so long that I've been saying them ever since, you know, I was in my, before I was a teenager. This is one of them. When when we get the hologram of Princess Bunhead and it starts skipping and she's saying this guy's name, it's like, ooby-doob, ooby-doob, ooby-dooby-dooby, and it says it like a bunch of times. Oh man, oh, that is that is nonsense at its finest, Zach. <laughs> Help me, Ooby-Doo-Banooby. ooby ooby Help me, Ooby-Doo-Banooby. ooby ooby Help me, ooby doo banooby ooby doop ooby doo ooby But I have to agree with you, and the parody actually draws on it, because when he comes in, he's like, ooby doo I have the silliest name in the galaxy. I see. <laughs> oh, it's it's spectacular.
0: Who are you? I am ooby doo I have the silliest name in the galaxy. What's your middle name? Scooby-Dooby. Ooby-Doob, Scooby-Dooby-Banooby? One and the same. As I'm watching this, I can't help but, like, oh, God. Because it is crude. I think Rob would agree. Like, like Black Helmet Man is... <laughs> it's funny, I have a hard time remembering his name. <laughs> like, like, he looks crude. We do have some jokes in here. Like, again, yeah, we have... Like, I say C-3PO and R2-D2. Which I don't even think are given names in this. Aren't really oh, only available. in the cr-
1: only in the credits are they given names.
0: But they really like they talk. They don't have much of a role in this. But you have the whole thing where uh, uh, Princess Bunhead is like talking to one of the Rebel Fleet troopers, and he's telling her, "Princess, I will stay here and take <laughs> the shot for you. I will stay, and they will take my left instead of yours."
1: You need to go on and lead the rebellion. All that stuff. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good monologue at the start of this.
0: Oh, it is. And then he, she's like, "Oh, okay, then." And then <laughs> like she turns away, like go, like walk away. Yeah. And, and prior to that, we see R two D two and C three th- uh, P O saying, we-, "We need to get out of here. They're going to kill us." And you hear like R two going boop 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 beep boop, and it's like, "But we need leverage. We we need we need a bargaining chip." And then we like obviously the scene goes on with Princess Leia, and we get back. And we find out that uh, as the the thumb rebel fleet troopers sitting there going, well, just waiting to die. Oh, yeah. Waiting to
1: die. Waiting to die. (laughs) Princess Bunhead, are you all right? We fight to the death. No. You must live to reign over all of us, carrying on the great tradition of royalty, superiority by birthright. Quickly, go and take these droids. I will
0: stay here and be killed in your place.
1: Fine. Pick it up and
0: move it. Yes, come on, come on, come on. Quickly, this way. Waiting to be killed. Waiting to be killed. The stormtroopers capture Princess Bunhead. And while, and while they're doing that, we find out that C-3PO and R2-D2 used her as a bargaining chip to escape. Yeah. As they run to the escape pod in Genesis
1: toward the, the planet. So I have a comment. I have a comment on this scene, the escape pod scene. Um, The two droids get in the escape pod, and they shoot the escape pod, and the C-3PO character says, I think I'm going to be sick. So, Zach, I don't know if you see where I'm going with this, but this is a droid exhibiting a human emotion. They parried this fact about Star Wars. This lends credence. Let it go. (laughs) I'm never going to let it go. No, no, you're still holding on. Let go. I'm never going to let it go. And this movie has just given me more fuel to the fire. It's, it's, it's it's a parody. It's a parody. It's a parody. (laughs) And that, that is a, that just adds, like I said, fuel to the fire. Is the next scene, do we get a scene on the Tatooine parody, or is it when we go back to the speech I mentioned before, the good, good, bad, bad speech? No, that's what
0: it is. It's the good, good, bad,
1: bad speech. Okay, so I I love that, you know, once, like we said, distilling the essence of how simplistic are the basic elements of Star Wars. Um, uh, The the thing I've always loved about this, maybe not always, maybe more in recent years, after she gives, Princess Bunhead gives her whole speech, Black Helmet Man is like, take her to be clipped. And then he turns and walks away and he trips over something. And he, he says something like, oh, there's my trick knee. And then the scene ends. And then I think we go to the Tatooine parody. Now it is time for you to turn to the nail side of the thumb. Never. Then you will die. <laughs> ah, off oh, my trick knee. I don't under, I don't, like, I, I would imagine from seeing the other thumb movies that this is just some, like, nonsense they threw in there. But I've always found this really funny, that he trips, and he says, oh, there's my trick knee. Like, because it's a Vader parody, and Vader's basically, his whole body part is trick parts, right? Mm-hmm. Well, technically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that I've always found that funny.
0: <laughs> it should be pointed out that when this was made, this was this was at the beginning of the prequel trilogy. Yeah like, yeah. like, this was before the prequel, so, like, the idea of what would happen to Darth Vader, like, this is not, like, post-Revenge of the Sith. We do not really have, you know, I, I don't want to say people didn't have an idea of what happened to Darth Vader. Everybody kind of, every Star Wars fan pre The Phantom Menace knew that, oh, what happened to Vader? Oh, he he, he got burned in lava. Yeah. And <laughs> Obi-Wan. That's weird. That was always like, I remember even before Attack of the Clones came out, I knew that. And I don't know how little old six-year-old me was aware of that. But it was a <laughs> thing that just somehow got around in Star Wars circles. Uh, but no, that, that is an odd thing that, I, I don't want to say it was common knowledge at the time. Or at okay. least... Amongst non-hardcore Star Wars fans.
1: Cool, cool.
0: So work. So basically, the next thing we see, we see uh, Loke Groundrunner as he's on Tatooine with his aunt, and uncle. Rob, do you know the names of the aunt and uncle?
1: Yes, I'm. I'm fairly certain it is Aunt Soon Dead and Uncle Gonna Bite It. <laughs> and that's actually a plot point when there. When he's like, you know. He's like, I have to get back to my family. And Ubi doo like, what did you say their names were again? Aunt Soon Dead and Uncle Gonna Bite It. And then their eyes bright, like widen and they go, oh, no! And they go back to find them dead. <laughs> oh, it's so great. <laughs> oh, it really is. They sit there do that. And at one point,
0: them gets like a pea stuck in their hair. And which I think that's part of the irreverent humor that I don't particularly care for. That Rob uh, loves, yeah. I've
1: I've never really the pee on the head. I've never really latched onto as a joke. I've never really understood it because it's like the end of the scene. the The uncle's like, "You got a pee on your head, honey," and it cuts to her. And since it's a thumb, like one pee is a big thing, and it's just like stuck to her head. It's not the greatest joke. I would have suggested it as a snack for the Cinematics restaurant, but, you know, Zach, <laughs> Zach doesn't like me like that. <laughs> Wrong podcast.
0: Uh, uh, so next thing we know, we're outside with uh, Loke Groundrunner and mm. ooby doo out there.
1: This is and when this- I think Loke hits full-on whining mode. Like, it gets ridiculous how whiny the voice acting is for Loke in this movie.
0: You're becoming a fine specimen of a man, Loke Groundrunner. Well, a lot of good that does me here. I want to join the Thumbbellion Resistance. I want to make something of myself. Be of use to someone. Well, you're plenty useful here, Lok. The harvest is soon, and, and you'll be getting help. I bought a couple of droids today from the freaky little hooded creatures. The big one is sort of effeminate and annoying. And I think the little one has an amputee inside. Harvest, harvest, harvest. All you care about is the stupid harvest. You don't care about me. I want to see the universe. You don't know who I am inside. You never have. I'm going to run away and never come back ever. (laughs) (laughs) What a whiner that kid is. (laughs) (sighs) You got a pee on your head, dear. Well, that's that's another thing that... I think uh, it's funny, how, in all the Star Wars quote-unquote criticism we have nowadays, it's hard to imagine at a time where the only real complaint there was about Star Wars was that Luke was whiny.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a pretty minor complaint with uh, what we get more recently.
0: Yeah, that's that's one where it's like, oh, people, it's funny. Like, in, in a post-Last Jedi world where we all sit there say, Luke Skywalker wouldn't have abandoned his family or milked the giant, like, uh <laughs> aquatic creature's teeth. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is the same guy who whined in a New Hope and that everybody dragged over the coals. It's like, oh, okay. Again, we pick and choose what we get angry about depending on which day of the week it is. But yeah. they—that was a criticism at the time that they definitely play up here.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it it uh, Steve Odekirk does the voice of Lope Groundrunner in this, and he is a, an established, amazing voice actor. And he just goes so over the top with the whininess in some scenes that it is just hilarious. And you know, it's it's a good, it's a good parody because it is still the Luke character, and I like getting that you know over embellished sense of of whininess and and complaining. It's cool for what it is.
0: Especially, it's a nice little. In retrospect, it's a nice little throwback. Definitely. So the next thing we know, we are in the, uh, Obi Obi-Doobies The Newbies. I know I'm just losing track of all my newbies. Is they're, they're in his little hut. They're watching the uh, the videotape, or not videotape, the recording of Princess Bunhead as she's doing her, her help me Obi-Wan can do Obi- Oh my Lord. We me gonna get it right, folks. Obi obi Banubi Yes. You're my only hope. And as they're doing that, they're watching it, and obviously the, the joke is she's it's recording, and she's not aware of it because she's, what, like, uh, picking her nose? Is that what yes, she's doing? Yes,
1: she's I... picking her nose at the start. Yeah, which, of course, I guess we didn't mention, if you've ever seen it, all the thumb characters don't have noses. <laughs>
0: no. And at, they're like, ooh. They're like, I think it was. We'd say something like, turn it off.
1: Yeah, he's like, we <laughs> should turn this off. And then someone's like, oh, she's stopping. And then the message starts.
0: Yes. And as the message is playing... Do you want to get into specific about what
1: she says or? Well, no, I mean, I think it's it's the general, you know, help parody everyone. parody of the message of From a New Hope, where I think what she tells him about the um, the the plans for the big weapon thingy, basically. And, and then she, Luke is like, oh, my God, it's a beautiful woman. That's why I'm compelled to go on this trip, you know. And yeah, it's, it's pretty generic. I don't think there's anything that really stands out in this little bit of it. All right. And as
0: as basically the scene ends, um, they're sitting there. Luke says something like oh oh sec, go back and we see him actually go down as he <laughs> looks under the hologram's dress yeah as I think both of them do, do it right Yes. we do Follows him after that and they're both like oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the scene ends with a uh, irish uh, what not, irish shot close I don't know if we point this out, but back in 2008, during the lead up to Star Wars: The Clone Wars, this aired on Cartoon Network. I think mm-hmm. the day before it premiered, according to Wikipedia, which I think is actually my first uh, watch watching of all this. Oh yeah. And yet I'm watching this now, and considering that obviously, again, they don't need Lucasfilm's approval for this, but I imagine it probably got run through their office. Mm-hmm. That that scene would would net would be if that ever for whatever reason got put into a mainstream Star Wars thing, they'd be attacked.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally you would, agree.
0: You would not be allowed to have that today.
1: Yeah, no one would care about the joke that you shouldn't be able to see anything, because it's a no. hologram. They would only care about the act, of course. Yes,
0: yes. It doesn't matter fact, these are thumbs, you know, obviously a thumb isn't <laughs> anatomically correct. It's the yeah. idea of how dare you insert outrage culture here.
1: Indeed. Next thing we know, they're
0: outside. Luke is saying something about this, and this is where Rob already mentioned that yep. uh, the aunt, and uncle are killed, and they've been clipped. He goes back to ubi Doob, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to join you now for the rebellion."
1: <sighs> oh, the line is so good. Luke Loke is like, "I'm I'm going to fight with you, ubi Dooby," and ubi Dooby says like, "Oh, big sacrifice. Everyone you know is dead." <laughs> 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 like, it's, it's delivered perfectly sarcastically. <laughs> Whoever he is, he must be
0: bad. I will go with you and fight. Oh, big sacrifice. Everyone you know is dead. Glad you could tear yourself away. All right. Again, this is this is the time where I think, uh, looking at this in the broader Thumbs canon, which I've unfortunately had, like, a gun to my head to watch all of it, <laughs> and sometimes figuratively, other times literally, and I feel... Out of all the <laughs> yeah, that movies, time vortex. <laughs> yeah, time vortex, man, during uh, thumb I do think out of all these, this is the most refined. Okay. It's weird, considering this is the first one, that maybe this is where, this is kind of like the pilot for for the Thumb series.
1: Yeah.
0: it's a good way to put it. Because, I don't know, maybe he realized, too, with doing a Star Wars parody in May of 1999, it would get probably a lot more attention mm-hmm. than a Frank and thumb parody in like 2000.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Next scene we go to is we see the, uh, the, oh God, what would you call it? The, the briefing room on the death star. Yep. Yeah. One thing that's guy that's a little bit noteworthy is that there's no thumb Tarkin. They completely oh. bypass him as a character.
1: I didn't even think about that. That's a good point
0: while vader is sitting there we have all the thumbs around like the the executive table and one of them is doing the spiel about uh
1: your your religion this speech like uh, when i wa- rewatched this for this recording i kind of was almost blown away by how how long it goes on one and how intense it gets like it's straight up mean to darth vader at the end of it you know I have to imagine that they're talking about Darth Vader kind of at the same time. <laughs> like that that's kind of like, you know, it, it just gets so intense at a certain point. Like the whole thing ends, he's like, so you you can rebuild your lifeless body and regain half of the pathetic man you truly are. And it's like cutting almost. And it's like, oh my God, they really, someone on the writing team really hated Darth Vader.
0: <laughs> it, it, it got dark. It went dark quick. Oh, oh yeah. Don't
1: After our last victory, we have all but wiped out the resistance.
0: Not good enough. I will allow no rest until the Thumbelion is totally neutralized. Excuse me, Black Helmet Man, but our super space station can easily thwart any actions of the Thumbelian. Do not underestimate the power of the thumb. Oh, don't try to scare us with your oobie-doobie magic talk, Helmet Man. Your, I'm a horrifying warlock, and I'm going to get you with my mystic potions talk sickens me. I laugh at you and your, I'm a frightening wizard, threats of hostility. Why don't you gather some food frog legs and eyes of a newt and conjure up a potion that can get you your face back and perhaps make you one mere ounce less pathetic than you truly are. (coughs) Or not. (coughs) Any other comments? And no, and the best part of that is that we don't get a scene of Black Helmet Man
1: choking him. He just pops his thumb head off. Yeah, he does his... (laughs) thumb head turns a little red, you know. Oh, okay. And then it's the second one that pops off immediately. though. second thumb is like, because Black Man is like, any more questions after he force chokes the one dude and pops his head off? I have a question. Why do we all speak in British accents when we're from outer space and there is no Britain? (laughs) The first one, there is a little bit of an an effect on the choking. Oh, okay. That that,
0: kind of bypassed me. After that, all the other thumbs just kind of go, ooh, ooh, kind of like pull their collars, so to speak. Yeah. We then go back to uh, Tatooine as they're on a, oh god, it was it like like a shoe, a shoe speeder.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and they're dragging R two and C three PO behind them, much like oh god, like wedding cans tied to the back of a car after a yeah. wedding. Yep. They
1: are saying "ow."
0: <laughs> Next thing we know, we're at the cantina, and we see all the thumb patrons of the cantina. Uh, they're all this different, like, oh God, uh, what do you call them like deformed thumbs, like melded together.
1: Yeah, there're uh, there's some of them are are like, you know, combinations of thumbs. Some of them are uh, there's the foot we get to see in here.. Yep. um, I think I think uh, well, like we mentioned before, also gaba the butt is the guy's chin, but upside down. I think there's some like, um, other fingers, I think like maybe one of the patrons is an index finger or something like that and not a thumb because it's a lot taller. But yeah, it's a it's what you'd expect. You know, when we go to the uh, the cantina on Tatooine, let's, uh, you know, just have all these crazy creatures and in the thumb world, what would that be? It would be all the other appendages of the body.
0: Yeah, because at one point even, we look in the background and there's like broccoli and cauliflower with faces
1: on it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And we should mention, because we mentioned everywhere else, the bartender is the One-Eyed Thumb.
0: Oh, my favorite character in the entire yeah.
1: series. So uh, he appears in all of the Thumb movies, if you have not kept up with cinemotities. And every Thumb movie, he is credited, the One-Eyed Thumb is credited as himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we obviously, uh, we cut to ooby and Woke uh, mm. talking to uh, Hand Duet and... Crunchy. Crunchy. Maybe the greatest Chewbacca
1: parody ever in the history of Star oh, Wars lore. It's tough to look at, but it's beautiful oh, it's at the same time. Oh, it's, it's, like, it's like staring into the abyss. You know, There's something pretty about it, but you're losing yourself to it. <laughs> oh, definitely. You know what? I would honestly say if anybody... When Zach rewatches this and if anybody is listening to this and has not watched it yet, when you watch this movie, during the scenes in the cantina that we're describing right now, when Han hand duet is talking, just watch chewy, crunchy. Watch the facial expressions and how how his tongue moves, how his t- how weird his teeth are. Just do that. And you you might have nightmares, but you will understand what I mean about painfully beautiful. <laughs> oh, it really is. it's it's something to look at.
0: Because as when we're introduced to hand duet and crunchy, Han basically, his introduction is, A one-armed man killed my wife, Sabrina A working girl Now I'm a fugitive And in clear and present danger I should be presumed innocent But they're playing Patriot games with me Alright you thumbs Let's get down to business I'm Hand Duet This is Crunchy Mm -mm. A one-armed man killed my wife, Sabrina A working girl Now I'm a fugitive And in clear and present danger I should be presumed innocent But they're playing Patriot games with me Raiders Regarding Henry Blade Runner Air Force One I'm sorry. What was that last part? Look, I'm trying to keep a low profile. I owe Gamba but the butt a lot of money, and he's right over there. What's he? What's he
1: say? Uh, look, it's Indiana Ford or something like that. He's <laughs> like ho ho over there. It's Indiana, but of course, it's like a made-up language, and there's subtitles. I think it says like ho ho. Look over there. It's Indiana Ford or something like that.
0: <laughs> well, I forget. I guess I forgot this part. Was it right beforehand? Uh, Hand after he goes to his thing with his little spiel, he goes Raiders regarding Henry,
1: the Runner, Air Force One. (laughs) And then I think immediately after that, it cuts to Loke and he goes, What was that last one? And then they just (laughs) keep talking, the conversation just moves on.
0: (laughs) Oh boy, yeah, that's 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 the kind of like it's weird, like that's the kind of like meta humor that's appreciated now. Mm -hmm. But in 1999, I wonder how many times that joke kind of just flew over people's heads
1: yeah you know because i think um like you said it's it's a more of a modern type of meta and but i i have to say i believe it falls firmly into what we said they were doing before just distilling star wars into its essence and you know at, by this time of this parody it was just like this is just harrison ford it's like yes he's he's han solo but he's all these other characters And i think i would imagine that's where that idea came from and it's great and it's timeless almost I I know. Okay, timeless.
0: I have to argue with, but I'll get to that in a moment. Sure, sure. Is that they get? They obviously um, the stormtroopers point. uh, (laughs) The one-eyed thumb points them out, and they have to
1: do their payment. Yes,
0: (laughs) yes. I saw (laughs) Crunchy's face. Really, is a work of art. Crunchy, it's
1: it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm telling every any any scene that Crunchy is in, but he's not the focus. Just watch Crunchy. The things that they do with him are unbelievable. How strange they make him look. Yeah, it's, it's something else because, ugh, like that, that's That's a great. The
0: fact that that's not like a, like a gif you use for when you like somebody says something yeah. and you don't understand what they mean, you just post that in response. <laughs> don't know how. But no, getting, getting back to what Rob was saying with Hand Duet, he says, uh, do we get to the part about what Hand Duet wants as payment for taking them?
1: I think that's right before the Stormtrooper stuff. So, All yes. Right, Rob. Considering this is one of your favorite parts of the entire film, do you want to break that down? <laughs> sure. So, Loke and ubidoob of course, following the uh, message from Princess Bunhead, uh, they have to get to some planet. I don't know what the equivalent of. Alderaan? Is that where we're going? They're yeah. Going but, a New Hope. Okay.
0: Yeah, it doesn't sound like the name they have isn't doesn't really sound like Alderaan.
1: Yeah, it's just some some you know random like in the title crawl they just make up some names when they need them. Um, and so they're looking for the ship to get there, a flight to get there. They find Han Duet and Crunchy, and he agrees to fly them there. But he only apparently Han and Crunchy only take girly giggles as a form of payment.
0: If you need a pilot, I'm the best there is. My ship's the fastest there is. But it's gonna cost you a lot. I don't take money. Only girly giggles. What do you mean? You've got to giggle like a girl. Half now and half when we reach Daldar. What if we should choose not to? Looks like you don't have much choice. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'll do for the advance. Let's go. And we get a fantastic, like, very awkward scene of Steve Odekirk and Ubidoo Banoobie trying to giggle like a girl. And it seems like Han and uh, Crunchy are quite content with the giggles they receive. Do you oh, agree or disagree?
0: The face on Crunchy <laughs> it might be one of the most disturbing things in response to that I've ever seen.
1: It really, it really it's is nightmare it's fuel. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's how many, how many teeth does he have in there? Six in Crunchy's? They're, they're all like
0: crooked too. I think I know, the
1: they're all crooked parts. and there's like, and there's like two spaces worth of teeth between each one. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, 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 it's unsettling.
1: It's. Oh yeah.
0: Like that's the sort of thing too is like, I, I think that's one of the things that we, we do miss with like humor nowadays is that humor does have to, like, there is an element to some types of humor where it's like unsettling almost.
1: Absolutely.
0: Because yeah, Crunchy's, like, Crunchy's lips just like kind of like peel like open and his eyes just like grow. It's like, oh my, ugh.
1: Oh like, yeah, it's, oh yeah. It's
0: horrifying, yet I'm oddly mesmerized by it.
1: Oh, abs- absolutely, absolutely. It's like, uh, like I said, looking into the abyss before, maybe like looking into an eclipse Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, but it's going to damage your eyes, that type of thing. I guess the looking into the abyss is more personal for myself. (laughs) But so with the girly giggles, like we said, he gives them the girly giggles. They're content with them. They get out to uh, what is it? Hand's hand. And the Millennium Falcon is in the shape of a hand. Full hand. You know, the body is the palm and the the cockpit is the thumb and all that stuff. Um, And we get the fantastic line, which is, I believe I haven't seen A New Hope in a while, but I believe in that scene luke sees the millennium falcon and he's like this thing's a piece of junk right yep yes, yes. that's almost the exact same line and, from a new Hope. and but they tack on the great addition where loke says i'm not riding this piece of junk i want my giggle back <laughs> 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 that is that is that is that caps that joke
0: well there she is gents hands hands I'm not flying in that. I want my giggle back.
1: Because I guess you can't even call, like, pay me in girly giggles. Like, that's not even a a real joke, I would say. That's kind of the irreverent stuff that I think Zach has pointed out. But when they throw that onto the line that's actually parodying Star Wars, like Zack said, that is refined to me. That makes it a solid parody, absolutely oh yeah that's dead yeah, that's that's
0: definitely one thing
1: oh yeah and you can just so everybody knows you can never ask you never you can ask you're never going to get your giggles back at the cinematics restaurant okay? no definitely not <laughs> no giggle refunds
0: so after that sequence we are back on the
1: uh, i think it's just the hand i think it's just like the hand i don't think they call it anything else
0: the the giant the giant um weapon thingy oh the, the oh. big dangerous weapon thing the big dangerous you need that's the thing about this movie when you're talking about you need like like a cheat sheet with all the names because you kind of lose track after yeah a lot.
1: yeah the big weapon thing with the power to destroy to blow stuff up yes I see I thought you were gonna say because after the stormtroopers or the thumb troopers you know start shooting at them there's a they like go onto the hand the Millennium Falcon parody and they actually, like, you know, fly away, and there's a little shot where we get to see, you know, like Han, like Han, Han Duet in his little thumb outfit, like running down two or three halls to get to the cockpit. I always like that little scene.
0: That small little nuance bypassed me. Okay, okay.
1: I always like that, just, I'm a man, because, you know, I understand that this this is somebody's hand with a thumb attached, and they dressed it up, and they're just kind of like... Like, bouncing it up and down in this little set to get it to the front of the ship. I've always loved that that somebody did that just for that. Like you said, little nuance.
0: Oh yeah, there's a lot of that in this. There is a because yeah, the princess uh, bunhead stuff comes in before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Black helmet man threatens to blow up the planet, and she goes. She gives him the name of a, of another planet where the base might be. Yeah, this I don't know might be true.
1: I don't know why I remember this one, but she says in this one, Alduni. Uh, there's something about oh, that man. name is always rolled off the tongue. Alduni, yeah. So she's like she's like the base is on Alduni or something like that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, a, I don't know why that one stuck out stuck out to me.
0: Instead of blowing up the planet, they just uh, Black Helmet Man just literally spins it around and around until everybody starts falling off the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's Spin it's the planet. <laughs> they basically at this point show up on death star right
1: yeah i think this is when you know um we get a scene in the falcon parody where uh, ubidoob says something about the force so we get to hear han duet say "Ah, oh, that's a bunch of you know nonsense um but then they they come up on the the big weapon thing with the power to blow stuff up and there's the the once again a, a line from a new hope i believe where he is uh, like we just have to go past that moon and he's like that's no moon, but in this, the joke is that, like, Han Duet's pants are so low <laughs> that you can see his ass crack. Yep. And so, and then, yes, they're on the big weapon thing after that. They get pulled in. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's,
0: and, and that is a shot of somebody sitting in the chair with their butt hanging out.
1: Oh, yeah, that's an actual, you know, full, full person. No thumb, yeah, pa- no thumb effects, nope. yeah.
0: <laughs> and then they end up, they end up on the, uh, the big weapon thing with the power destroy mm-hmm. planets. Uh, dark, all of our characters are outside the. Uh, oh my god! I'm losing track of all these names. Um, <laughs> they're just in the hangar, hand, right? Yeah, they're just hand in hand. the hangar. Yeah, they're, they're in the hangar. Yeah. Uh, uh, Black Helmet Man, Ubi uh fight each other, but they they have lightsabers that grow out of like the top of their head.
1: <laughs> yes, the, there are. I think they are called thumb sabers, but okay. they they definitely do come out of the nail of the thumbs. So this is just thumbs with little lights thing light above them, and I have to say I love the fact that they make the sound effects with their mouths. <laughs> mm. I love that.
0: Yep. And at one point during the duel, uh, Black Helmet Man—I forget what he says—but he does something to uh, make Ooby doo put yeah. his hands up in the air.
1: Yeah, he says. Uh, he says they, they battle. There's a little scene where you know you get to see basically two people thumb wrestling. But they, you know, they don't touch their thumbs. They touch these lights. They're CGI'd in later, special effects in later. And then at one point in the battle, Dark Black Helmet Man says, "Tell me, Ubi, are you as easily tricked as you were before?" And he's like, "Not on your life!" And then Dark Helmet Man goes, "Touchdown!" And <laughs> Ubi Ubi like lifts his hands up, like "Go," you know, that type of thing. And he just strikes him down in the torso. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's great. Are you still as easily tricked as you were before?
1: Not all your lives,
0: Sunny. Touchdown! <laughs> the stormtroopers are attacking, and they're like, quick, get to the ship. And they all start running toward the ship, and Princess Bunhead is like, somehow I escaped.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> good.
0: <laughs> she just shows up out of nowhere. So how I escaped and just oh
1: yeah
0: runs up the, uh, the the plank of the Millennium Falcon or the, I'm sorry the hands hand
1: and I think just before that we do in the same scene as Ubi dies Ubi Doobie dies we get the reveal that Loke can like hear him as a force yeah. ghost or whatever it is run Lok. Ubi Doob
0: you're still here yes in spirit that's kind of creepy run okay come on they escape on the hand's hand. And that's one thing I think is interesting about. I guess it's not just for this as a parody, but any parody. Mm-hmm. What you choose to focus on and yeah. what you choose to exclude. Because think about it. You can have the entire sequence of them dressing up as stormtroopers that they bypass. The trash
1: compactor. You, yeah. That's yeah. True. Trash
0: compactor saving the princess. Uh, obviously, they're doing it for time and budgetary reasons, though. Mm-hmm. But considering that we do get a scene. Uh, This is where the story starts to blend elements of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. After they uh, leave the Death Star, I'm sorry, or the the giant weapon thing that can blow up planets, they go into the asteroid field and they hide out in an asteroid.
1: Hmm.
0: And this is where uh, Loke is outside of the ship walking around and he encounters Master Puppet. (laughs) Yep. Master Puppet obviously
1: being the parody of Yoda. I, I I mean, I've always found this funny. I've always found this to be one of the, I think, my favorite parts of this parody. But when I rewatched this, like, something, like, my brain broke, and I was laughing uncontrollably in the introduction scene. Like, the way that this puppet moves its eyes and mouth, and well, it doesn't even move, the, it just moves its mouth and its head, basically. And just from the beginning, where it's like, looks like, I feel I should be here, and this thing pops out, and he's like, who are you? And there's a zoom-in to the puppet's face, and it's like, I am a puppet. <laughs> like, and then, and then Luke is like, Luke is like, I, I, I don't understand. Man beneath the floor controls me. And I just lost it. Like I lost my mind. I was laughing so much when I rewatched this. I feel I'm supposed to be here.
0: <gasps> Who's there? Show yourself. <laughs> Who are you? I am a puppet. I'm sorry? Hand goes into puppet. Arm follows hand. Hand manipulates mouse.
1: I'm not following. Beneath the floor, the man does control me. Yes. That whole scene is, is fantastic because for that whole scene, they never drop it. He's like always a puppet until the like the force stuff at the end or the nail side the oh, yeah. thumb. And it's great. And it's it's just Yoda talking about how he's controlled by a puppeteer. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Like you said, it, it's very – this is where the unpolished nature of this – really starts to shine mm-hmm. because it is it is so like we laugh about crunchy and yes crunchy probably is the most crude element to all this. Yeah. This is somehow like just like below that in the <laughs> awkward, in just oh god, a disarming category or oh, area. Yeah. <laughs> because like Rob says, it's clearly a puppet. Uh it's it, it, they're never in the same shot together except for like one sequence again aboard the ship during training.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: i guess we i guess we fast forward to the training sequence and they're on board the millennium uh the hand's hand god damn it (laughs) and and uh instead of the training ball and luke practicing with it we have master puppet with a what looks like i can't tell if it's supposed to be a real dog or like a
1: stuffed animal dog i've always just just taken it to be a pinata Okay. Like i always it, just thought it was he had a he had a he had a pinata in the shape of a dog on the end of a stick and it could well, shoot lasers somehow. Rod. It's
0: a fishing rod. Fishing
1: rod, yes, there you go. Fishing
0: rod. And he's like like Loke has his lightsaber ignited above his head mm-hmm. and he's just like like dangling this thing in front of Loke. And it's, like, zapping him. Into, like At first, it, like, zaps him, like, in the head, like, in the chest. Then, like, it proceeds to just continually zap him
1: in the groin. Oh, like yeah. And every, then it starts it, – then there's a few points where it, like, does two shots to the groin. And then it splits and does one to the groin, one to the eyes. And then two back to the groin. And then one back to the eyes. Two back to the groin. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It just constantly
0: – and, like, and this scene goes on for, eight, like, even though I don't want to say a decent amount of time. But considering that you're dealing with 30 minutes here, this scene goes on for a prolonged amount of time with, again, Princess Bunhead, Hand, and Crunchy just laughing.
1: I really do like that aspect of this parody, though, where, you know, Loki is like, this is the first training he's he's receiving to be, you know, a master of the nail side of the thumb, or the thumb power, whatever it is. Whatever. And everybody's laughing at him, even Master <laughs> Puppet. And then at the end, when he gets shocked a bunch, he like lifts his visor off and he's like, Am I a master now? And they're all like trying to hold back laughter. They're like, Yes, you are a master! <laughs> and they're throwing jabs at him while he's getting shocked, like he gets hit in the groin, and Princess Bunhead's like, I think you blocked that one. Okay.
0: <laughs> 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 That's enough enough of this. <laughs> Am I a master now? Sure!
1: <laughs> master you are! Yes. Great! Then
0: I will go lead the Thomphelian Resistance to victory!
1: It does go on a long time, and you're right that it's a, it's a good portion of the length of this, because it's only about half an hour, maybe 28 minutes. But I, I think that's so necessary just to kind of turn the, uh, you know, Loke is not a master in any sense of the form no. like Luke is, you know, in the original. <laughs> no, no.
0: Again, everybody is kind of incompetent. That's not everyone's kind of, everyone's a buffoon.
1: Yeah, yep, definitely.
0: So after that training sequence, we go to, I guess it's Yavin 4, and we have a giant, uh it's not a pyramid, but it says it's a giant building. It says Resistance HQ <laughs> Invasion 7 p.m. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little banner that says Invasion. So then we go to the, the technical breakdown of the giant weapon thing that can destroy planets as they're having their little, like, oh, God, uh, mission briefing. Yep. And they're explaining that. that It's funny. How now this kind of, again, oddly enough, this, is, this was a plot hole considered back god i'd say all the way up into the last couple of years where they're like on this readout we we have learned that there is a a dot a button that will destroy the base or the giant weapon thing
1: how like, do we button. reach this button sir <laughs> that's the thing they built a corridor right up to it <laughs> With a giant button that says destroy yeah yeah like, like we said before it distills it down to its essence but i think they do it fantastically you know Oh, definitely. There's stuff where it's like, they're like, why did they include this button, sir? I don't know. If I was designing this thing, I would have left that out.
0: (laughs) That's the really biting edge of this is that it's recapping the event, the events of the film. It's providing uh, humorous commentary then Mm -hmm. while doing that. Yeah, and I think that's again. This is satire at its finest. It really is. You're taking a plot hole that most people who have scrutinized Star Wars have recognized. Mm-hmm. You're recapping the events and you're making it accessible for everybody. It's it's clever like that. And yes, we have things like Rogue One now that explain that we say, yeah. "Oh, we had a designer of the Death Star who deliberately put." Mm-hmm. A, a, a fuse to the center of it so someone could exploit it late, sooner later than later it's like oh okay it's like whatever again the demystification of Star Wars continues on and on
1: yeah yeah apparently I love that movie like I told Zach before I have four copies of it
0: <laughs> yes Rob Rob has many copies of Rogue One if anybody's uh, missed one or misplaced it chances are he has it
1: <laughs> Rob has become a Rogue One lost and found yeah apparently that's my new favorite Star Wars movie move over Return of the Jedi <laughs> <laughs> I only have one copy of you.
0: Luke and Princess Bunhead encounter uh, Hand and Crunchy. And, they talk, and right. Hand says something like, like I, I, I'm not going to get clipped for nobody.
1: I got my girly for- giggles. I'm out of here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to get clipped for anyone but myself.
1: Yeah.
0: And we have a couple. Like, it's it's a preparation for the attack. There's some there's some like, conversation between Princess Bunhead and Loke.
1: Uh, R2 is in the back.
0: Anything about this, Rob, that stands out to you?
1: No, you know, uh, we get another great uh, Loke gets in whatever Thumbfighter, I guess this might be called. I don't know, whatever parody, this parody of the, whatever ship he has in this New Hope is. But he, like, tries to rile everybody up as he's they're about to take off. And he's, and once again, it's a great example of how he's still just going crazy. Steve Odekirk is going crazy on the whininess because he's like, All right, Thumbs! Let's give them hell! And then, like, everybody cheers and then there's a little thumb in the background, like, a, I don't know, he has, like, a fuel pump, and he goes, shoot him up, shoot him up, pow, pow! And then, like, the battle scene in space starts. It's a very, it's a very weird psych-up scene. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, thumbs, let's give him hell! There are goofy moments in this that don't exactly work, but hey, we like this warts and all. The space battle begins. We see Black Helmet Man getting a massage, and uh, one of the, the commanders obviously alerts him to the thumb resistance, rebellion resistance attack.
1: Yeah, and uh, we get the great parody of when uh, the, the resistance, or rebels, or whatever they are, they go up to the, uh, the big weapon thingy and everybody sounds off on like red leader and stuff like that and we get the one person who's like i read you tango foxtrot or like something monkey and he's like i don't think i'm i don't think i'm that person and he's like i got you horny butler and he's like i'm i'm ending this transmission (laughs) because they're
0: also going through one guy's like i'm naked oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) i've got three fist fighters coming from my left Copy, stray dog. I, I, I don't think I'm stray dog. Copy that, red rooster. I, I don't think I'm red rooster either. No problem, nasty butler. I'm ending this transmission. As they begin their attack on the uh, trench, uh, they're going through it, obviously. Black Helmet Man is picking them off one by one. And one of the guys that's not Loke says something again as he's looking down his targeting computer goes, I really wish we would have flown into this trench a little bit before.
1: Yeah, he says he's like there's a whole minute, I think maybe 45 seconds where this character, he's like looking at his tracking thing in the ship and he's like a little closer, a little closer. And we get cuts of the enemy ship like targeting or locking onto him. And then, right before he blows up, he's like, "You know, if I had to do this all over again, I would have entered this corridor a lot closer to the button." <laughs> As Does that wh- happen in A New Hope? Does someone try and blow it up and get destroyed? I don't remember. Oh yeah, that happens. Okay, a okay, times.
0: right on. It's only because what happens is um, Red Leader tries it, and he gets a shot off, but it doesn't go down the exhaust port.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Yeah, that's and that and that's what it is. Is that
1: yeah? Man, it's uh, been so long since I've
0: seen A New Hope yeah that's a thing it's okay not to get too off topic but that is a thing in um star wars i forget what it was i think this was uh well where rob used to live and i currently live in our in our rag of a local newspaper the poughkeepsie urinal (laughs) there there is there i remember like back before the force awakens came out they did this a lot like they they interviewed the same star wars fan and it must have been someone's son or nephew
1: yeah nepotism Uh, of course
0: it was like they asked him like, "Why are you excited to be a Star Wars fan?" And the guy had like a, a fundamental misunderstanding of Star Wars. He's like, "I like Star Wars because at the end, during the trench run, and Luke hits the exhaust port, that shows that anybody can accomplish their goal." And I'm like, that's no, the only reason why Luke is able to hit the exhaust port is that he has the power of the force. Yeah. Red leader tries it and, and it doesn't go in. As he says, it didn't go in. Mm-hmm. It's it's the whole thing is that it's because of Luke's ability with the force that makes him the only one that would be capable of destroying the Death Star during that battle. Yeah,
1: that's how and, I've always interpreted it. <laughs> no,
0: this guy that the local newspaper chose to interview numerous times in the lead up to The Force Awakens. He got in with a fundamental misunderstanding of Star Wars, <laughs> but I, it's funny. It's it, it's always after Festivus that I realize all the complaints I have about Star Wars mm. and his air grievances. because I I mean, there's two Star Wars stories I don't think I've ever gotten into on the podcast. One of them was the Amy Schumer thing. I think I flirted with. I don't think Rob knows that
1: story. No, I don't even. I don't even know those two things were remotely connected.
0: Yeah, there's the Amy <laughs> Schumer story that, I, I swear, if, if we ever do a Patreon, that will be the first episode me explaining me, the Amy Schumer story. Do curses get not bleeped out on the Patreon episodes? Now, considering that it doesn't exist, I'm going to say, sure, why not? Okay, count me in for those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- all, all proceeds from the Patreon go to
1: the Cinemonides restaurant. Yeah. We pay for one brick at a time. Yeah, we got a, I think we're uh, a little low on caviar, last time I checked.
0: Yes, the caviar wall is just—it's running a
1: little bit dry. Our water tank full of it is only like a half full. <laughs> <laughs> All these jokes are something people don't know.
0: Uh, uh, but no, that—that's one. of the, And the second one is the Poughkeepsie Journal uh, article yeah, okay. about, about the time I waited online for seven hours, and they were outside. Okay. I'm not getting into this now. If anybody ever wants to hear the Kipsey, Seger- the newspaper article story with me waiting online seven hours for the Force Awakens, join our Facebook group. It's 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 a very long rant, and they, it involves me complaining that my local movie theater should really name a bench after me because of how long I sat on it
1: waiting for the Force <laughs> Awakens.
0: Yeah, we uh, have to figure out
1: a way to get these as bonus episodes for sure.
0: Yes, that that Rob will hear all about those stories when we spend 16 hours online for Avengers Endgame.
1: Building on up, building on up to that. <laughs> oh, what's the all re- right? I wanted to ask you actually before we get back. What's the release date for that again? Uh, Do you know,
0: sooner, sooner than we than we think. Uh, April twenty. Well, it'll be April twenty fifth, the Thursday.
1: Okay, I actually think there's a good chance I can come out at the end of April. <gasps> yeah, I was talking uh, to my parents I, about I, it.
0: That's a thing that's
1: going to happen, folks. <laughs> yeah, I I really want it to happen. Oh my <laughs> no, god. I bro- mean, there's going to be, like Zach has told me before, there's going to be the episode of us waiting in line. There's going to be the episode of us sitting in the movie theater beforehand. There's going to be the episode of us actually seeing the movie. There's going to be the talking about it afterwards. There's going to be the episode of me having to go see the movie again the next day with my father. It's going to be fantastic, everybody. <laughs>
0: Oh my god! And oddly enough, not one episode will actually comp- comprise us talking about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's a byproduct of this. It's essentially like what in, in this experiment, the act, the film is essentially what the bait.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. Is. Audience, exactly. Yeah, that exa- like I said, it's just buy the next ticket. That was my whole. Remember, my whole thing is like, yes. How did they not have a ticket booth set up at the end of the first of, of the Infinity War? Like you leave Infinity War, they say, "Ha ha! This wasn't a full movie. We tricked you. Pay your eight dollars right now." Like, how did that not happen? I think it, it's gonna happen for the next one. For Endgame. eight dollars, my ass. More like there, eighteen dollars. I know. I'm living in the I'm living in the glory land out here. <laughs> I, thought,
0: I thought that's where they charged a lot of money for tickets. I thought is not that, that where the Jurassic World dinosaur Boogaloo tickets were eleven million dollars each?
1: Yeah, but they didn't have the coupon. Remember, I had the coupons. <laughs> that was why they paid so much. <laughs> And the poor suckers, they don't have the coupons. I'll get the coupons.
0: Audience, <laughs> I've never felt so sorry for you ever since <laughs> the live episode. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the most deep cut cinemates reference you'll ever hear on this podcast i'm sorry we've said the word cinemates as much as we have
1: yeah i think you have to listen to what the three hour episode to understand that joke it's,
0: it's actually it's it's a three hour and 15 minute long episode oh
1: and you need to and you need to listen to the episode of dinosaurs before that which is probably two and a half hours where i set up the box office joke that i make yes
0: yeah, I think everybody who listens to this podcast, it might be—it's funny. There's certain jokes in this podcast that, like, were really popular in the first few months that kind of have died off. Like my insane hatred for Jurassic World, uh, my my
1: my—that <laughs> just shifted over to me, I think.
0: <laughs> something like that. No, Dinosaur Boogaloo helped with that a little bit because I, okay. I, I really enjoy that movie. Uh, but no, there's a lot of jokes like me love my undying love for Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the movie. Mm-hmm. My my disdain for the Force Awakens, which doesn't show up that often anymore. Yeah, just this podcast is oddly cathartic, folks. If you have any Star Wars grievances that just bug you, just create a podcast or two. It's a great way to alleviate stress,
1: <laughs>
0: or at least your some problems. Because for every one problem you trade in, you get at least two in return.
1: Of course, um, it's a vicious so, cycle.
0: Yes, yeah, so you pick your poison. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Uh, thumb Wars. We have the uh, the, the first trunch- guy.
1: Yeah, the first guy goes in, doesn't make it because he didn't start early enough. I think that's where we left off.
0: Yeah, and, and Lopes down there, Black Helmet Man shows up. And one thing I think is really cool that on the the uh, the Thumpire, uh, oh god, their their Tie Fighter targeting mm-hmm. computer—it's actually two fists coming together oh, when yeah. to lock on to the the X Wings.
1: Yep, and then it turns to the thumbs up when they're locked on.
0: And then at one point, Black Helmet Man jumps on to Lopes' X Wing. And they proceed to have a thumb
1: saber duel. In space, <laughs> on a moving ship.
0: <laughs> yes. As they're fighting and they're going back and forth, they're having their, like, and this is where it gets a little more Empire-esque, yeah. and where we have a moment where Black Helmet Man tells Loke, uh, you don't know who, like, whoever it is, it's a dialogue, and it's like, I am your mother.
1: And he pulls off the Black Helmet Man Darth Vader suit to reveal basically the same suit, but as a much as a pink and much frillier version of it. And it is yes. awesome. <laughs> yes.
0: And, and oddly enough, this happens in much of how we talked about how when uh Loke in Ooby Dooby look on up the princess Bunhead's uh, dress, I think the part of black helmet man wearing a pink dress, I think that oddly enough would be condoned by today's society. I, I, oh, think, okay. I think like we're back in the day, this would have been considered like edgy humor. Like, mm. like, Black helmet man being, I don't know, transgender, transvestite, people are like, what that's too far for me. Oddly enough, I think people would be like, oh okay. Like, I don't know, maybe the fact hmm. that they're I don't think they're poking fun at it. It's just the whole idea of like it's it's a plot twist that's making yeah. be out ad- of it's 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 a silly plot twist out of left field. Yes, use your hate. Join me on the male side of the Never! It is your- Look inside, you'll see the truth still. I'm feeling something strange inside. What are you doing to me? Your rightful place is at my side. You know it is true. What do you mean? What does all this mean? Look, I am your mother. Mother.
1: You manners? And, you know, Loki is upset by it, of course. He screams, does his no scream. But he doesn't jump off the ship. This is when we get back, right back to A New Hope and, and Han yep. comes back and saves the day. And well, I like well,
0: th- you you forgot that. Well, yes, he does show up and do that, though, because I want to get to the point with the targeting computer with Ubi Doobie.
1: Oh, yes, of course, we have to do that. But right before that, Han comes in, he saves the day and he just like knocks a dark black helmet man off the ship. And he falls into space, Yep. which I actually don't have as many problems as you thought I might have, Zach. I think that's oh, actually good. reasonable that he would fall in space. I don't know if I call it falling, but we can get to that, you know, on the bonus episodes. <laughs> but I love the line when Black Helmet Man in his pink dress, with the helmet still black also, we should mention – uh, he's falling into space and as he's falling he says, Wait till your father gets home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really love that little that little you know tack on to that joke. Oh yeah, it's cool. Wait till your father gets home.
0: <laughs>
1: and then, like Zack said, Loke gets back in and makes the final run on the big weapon thingy.
0: As he's making his final run, he goes like he's like, he starts to like wing it. By turning off his targeting computer, Ubu Yugi's voice shows up. I'm going to trust my feelings and use the power of the thumb. Use the instrument panel, Luke. What? The instrument panel. That's what it's there for. Advanced weaponry designed to hit tiny targets.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, Use the instrument panel, Luke. It's what it's there for.
0: (laughs) And... As uh, Luke fires, like, the front of his ship just, like, pops off and pushes a giant red button. Yep. And it destroys the base. And they all kind of cheer as they fly away from it. And we have the one thumb who goes, And I'm still naked! <laughs> yeah. Uh, we go back to the Resistance HQ. There's now a banner replacing the invasion that says, Chili Cook-Off, 8 p.m.
1: Oh, man.
0: <laughs> as we have our, our ceremonial sequence. Everybody gets like a badge. Even a, a chunk. What's his name? Crispy, chunky, crunchy, crunchy. <laughs> oh my God. And we cut back and we see Master Puppet with a guy clearly puppeteer. We see a legit puppeteer with his arm in Master Puppet.
1: Oh with yeah, his hat
0: in frame. Yeah, we
1: don't. E- that's what I love about that. We don't even just see the arm. We see the guy's head and like upper body.
0: <laughs> that's like that's. I have to say this. That is like a Tim and Eric moment.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely, and I love it. (laughs) This is another one of those things that I don't think we give it enough credit. The whole whole Master Puppet thing is probably my favorite part of this parody, I would say. Like, the whole, you know, I am a puppet, and then the funny training scene, and then we just go back to the puppet joke. Like, that's great. We
0: have all this content now that we couldn't really discuss this, like, 20 years ago. But it's the idea of, like, uh, people watch this stuff, and even if you don't... Like oh god, like uh, respond to it in any sort of meaningful way. Mm-hmm. It does stick with you. Like yeah. some, there's something about something might click in that years later. Because like I like we said, Master Puppet is a Tim and Eric skit. Yeah, it really is. Like, like that's like that is their type of humor in a nutshell. And you'll look at this, and even though the thumb series, it god, it doesn't exist. There hasn't been a new thumb movie in what over 15 years. Yeah. It's the idea that this still does resonate in the Star Wars fan base. Nice. And nice. and comedy, I'd say I don't want to say there's no such thing as a parody. It's funny, like there's no such thing as parody films anymore. Like we don't I think about it, like we do have like we used things like Spaceballs, and we I guess there were things like Scary Movie. Mm-hmm. But like ever since those like really trashy like date movie, epic movie, oh yeah, disaster, soccer,
1: disaster movie.
0: Exactly. Like it's like kind of like these things have dropped off. Where it's like the parody genre isn't really what it
1: once was. Definitely.
0: I really think if we, I think if there ever was a time for a spaceballs,
1: too, it would be right now. The quest for more money. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I don't know why Mel. I, I I don't know. I guess Mel Brooks has so much money, he doesn't have to worry about this.
1: Yep. Could be, most likely, actually. <laughs> but yeah, that's that, that's Thumb Wars. Yeah, so um, uh, everybody should check it out. Everybody should watch it. It's a great parody of Star Wars. All these funny moments, like we talked about. I'm glad Zach is here to like reaffirm some okay. of the things that I find funny about, you know, parodies of Star Wars. It's great. Um, I think there's one thing we should mention because if anybody who who listens to this episode and then goes and watches it, I could see at least one person saying. Why didn't you talk about every time Lok needs to learn the Force, someone asks him to touch their tongue to his? Oh, we, yeah. We need to mention that because that is – there's nothing like that in Star Wars where, you know, you don't have to pass the power of the Force or anything like that, right? There's no nope. uh, hazing, I guess, is the best way to put it. <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't want really to call it hazing. I think there's something, some sort of like homoerotic brethren or brothership or.
1: Yeah, well, you know, with the I think because it happens twice. And the second time is with the with Master Puppet. And I think that's just, you know, supposed to be funny because it calls back to the first time. But with Ooby Dooby, he's like, OK, you'll join me now. Touch your tongue to mine. And Loke's like, why? And he goes, you know, to make it all official. Yes. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, I'm not going to do that. And the scene ends. And so, yeah, I agree with you that it's played more as that. But I just wanted to double check that it wasn't anything like grounded in Star Wars. No, not that I'm okay. aware of. OK, that's not how you like pass chlorians to each other with the tongue. Well, maybe that's the major plot reveal of episode nine ask um alex jones about that one
0: <laughs> well, we'll get there, we'll
1: get there. <laughs> uh, that was the last thing i thought we should mention of course we could talk forever about all the other little details and jokes in this i think there's a bunch and all the things that that means for star wars and our knowledge of it but i think uh we've done a good job of laying it out And everyone else if you haven't seen it check it out yeah check it
0: out before disney uh doesn't takedown uh, take down notice because it uses like part of their iconography and they can't have that take it down before disney says you can't watch it
1: yeah exactly
0: then you'll have to borrow one of rob's many copies that he has laying around this apartment
1: no that's rogue one
0: <laughs> well that too maybe you can trade maybe disney lets you do it. if you trade in a copy of rogue one they'll let you have it
1: oh, there's a good cash for clunkers joke in there right <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear all right so it concludes this episode of the knights of vader a star wars podcast. Check out our Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader in the Facebook, and chances are you'll find it. We're also on Instagram now. Uh, Look up KOV Podcast. No more zero. KOV Podcast. Uh,
1: Instagram is for learning things about Frank Ocean, Zach. Come on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, whatever that means. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them and their latest album,
1: Semi-Perfect Yet Sublime.
0: For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach on Twitter, at Cinemodities, because Twitter unjustly uh, suspended the K Zero V podcast account and my account. Yet for some
1: reason, suspended Cinemodities. Yet gave it back to me on Christmas Day. Go figure. It was if a Christmas were- miracle. But to be fair, every I think everyone should know: if uh, you reach out to Cinemodities trying to talk about Star Wars or something to Zach, you will get Zach. You will not get me pretending to be Zach or anything. You will get Zach. I don't touch the Twitter. <laughs> no, Rob does not touch any of the Cinemodities social media. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah. <laughs> pretty much.
0: No more Rogue Knight. I'm trying to get Rogue Knight back, but uh, Twitter, Twitter's a mess. Uh, Twitter, Twitter's doing itself. God, Twitter's a mess. Anyway, though, that's a t- if you're if you're in the Facebook group, you know all about my fight with Twitter. Hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, t- my Twitter issue is resolved. But I am not holding my breath. You can also find Rob and I on the Cinemaddie's podcast, where we'll be talking about the Thumb series. Yeah. So if you like this conversation or if you're just an overall fan of Steve Odekirk, make sure to check out what we're talking about over on the Cinematos channel. If only we got a nickel for every time we said Cinematos, we'd be rolling in that sweet, sweet dollar's worth of money. All right, Rob, where can you find you beyond peddling your your wares as an inferiority
1: complex? Beyond that?
0: <laughs> you can find Rob lurking in the Knights of Vader Facebook group where he'll on occasion type a uh, witty retort into the comment
1: section. Yeah, you'll you'll see me on there every now and then, um, but like Zach said, peddling my wares on the N inferiority complex Facebook group. If you uh, are following that in the new year, you'll hear about our updates with our own music, but also with a lot of updates from a bunch of our favorite songs from 2018. So check it out. Give it a listen, all that music stuff. um, And like Zach said, you can rant about anything that I've complained about Star Wars through that Cinematity's Twitter handle.
0: All righty, everybody. Have a good night.
1: Bye. Goodbye.